Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for checking in today. It is episode 21 of season three, and on today's show, I have a really interesting, eclectic artist. Uh, It's actually a husband and wife duo from Little Rock, Arkansas called Monster Boy Lives. And they are a multi-instrumental duo. So basically they, they play multiple instruments together and they combine so many amazing elements. So there's, there's this neat indie pop, alternative blues rock, EDM, electronica, just mix. And I know that that is completely random, but it's really freaking cool too. So the track that I'm going to play for you today is a new one by Monster Boy Lives called Heavy, and it is predominantly an instrumental. So I hope that you guys enjoy this and just kick back, relax, and uh, enjoy the ride, friends. Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody. It is your host, Katie. And today, I have Monster Boy Lives on the show with me. Chris, Veronica, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, doing great over here. Yeah, awesome. It's a beautiful morning here in Arkansas. I love it. I love it. So uh, what part of Arkansas are you in right now? Uh, we're in the central Arkansas area. Uh, we live in a like um, a suburb, um, North Little Rock. All right. Very cool. Awesome. So uh, just recently, you guys were actually playing in Nashville at the basement, right? Yeah. Oh, love Grimy. How yeah, did that we, go? we love playing for Grimy over the basement. It went really well. Um, it was um, put on in contingency with our um, with BMI, who's our pro. Um, they had some people out to watch us and listen to us. And uh, yeah, it went really good. Um, it was weird because like half the room came in off the golfing course or in suits because they, you know, just came in from the office. And the other half of the room was, you know, trendy 20 something year old people in going to Belmont and Vanderbilt and stuff like that, that had, had seen information about the show. So it was, uh, it was an oil and water situation. I love it was that. Really cool. Yeah. The basement's really good for stuff like that. You just never know what your crowd is going to be like. It's, it's been different every time that oh, I've yeah. either played there or gone to see a show there. So that's awesome. Congratulations on, on playing there. That's, you know, that's super fun. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to talk about number one, 
How did you come up with the name Monster Boy Lives? I have to know this origin <laughs> story. There is a bit to it. Uh, so uh, initially, Veronica was not on stage with me. So uh, I started as, like, we started this thing as a solo act, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had gone to, do you want and to it was, the whole? Yeah, and it was, it was uh, Monster Boy was the original um, name for it. Um, and that kind of comes from that dichotomy, like, I read a lot of like uh, fantasy and science fiction and horror novels and stuff. Big Stephen King fan. So I always love that dichotomy when you find it in those novels between like the monster and the boy. And they're both so powerful, um, you know, like the monster and then the youth that they're fighting against. Yeah, if, you, if you read like it or something like that. Uh, and so it's like, you know, what what if somebody was both of those things? Mm -hmm. Like pairing that dichotomy together because a lot of in a lot of his songwriting there's pairing two different um situations and pulling parallels between those two situations um, and it kind of continued yeah. on because now you know like i've got a lot of rock and and, and industrial and, and punk influences and then this one here is, is an odd pairing because she's comes from a classical background mm -hmm. yeah. and and the classical um, African tribal music and pop. Those are the world, worlds, worlds I generally live in. Um, and it became Monster Boy Lives um, when a, um, a Russian artist that was um, very unlike our music decided to release stuff under the same name. And the streaming platform said, oh, we already have a file folder for that and just dropped it into our catalog. What? Um, what ended up happening? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We started getting like rejections from from festivals and and like uh, and some of our like university events and things yeah. like that because we're like, oh, we 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 tend to hire like English language performers and or we're not <laughs> looking for metal or we're not looking for hip hop. And it was one of the, like the first one I got. I was like, oh they must have copy and pasted and not adjusted some of the language. And then by the third one, I was like, there's a problem and I have to figure out where it is. So I started digging into our, um, like the links we gave. And I realized that the new release was not our release. Oh my and, God. Um, so I contacted my lawyer and uh, my lawyer sat down and told me, it was like, I don't think you want me to, you to pay me to go after a Russian over international <laughs> copyright. He's like, that's going to be expensive. He's like, can I give you really like what I think is solid advice? He's like, all your handles, because that was when people were on their Instagram, like Billie Eilish had, where have all the avocados gone? So everybody had a little something different for their ads. Um, and ours, we, at the beginning, we had saved under th everything under Monster Boy Lives because we were going to do a thing with the titling of, um, of our, our, uh, albums to be like a finishing of that statement. Um, so Monster Boy Lives and then, you know, a word that ties in there. And, uh, he's like, just change your name. <laughs> 
add the word lives. You're already set up to do that. And um, yeah, and then with him almost dying on me, it, it's kind of been a fulfilling prop- prophecy because the boy does live. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, wow. So yeah, that's how the name came about. Um, but yeah. That's crazy. I had to spend money on printing, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's all it was. And you didn't have to, you know, try to have like a an international lawsuit on your hands. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that would have not been super uh, cost effective. We actually ran into somebody else that had a similar problem. He was uh, the sound guy at a venue. And he said they had the same problem with a Russian. So Arkansas band plus Russian <laughs> filling name. It's happened twice that we know of. What can I say? We've got some talent for for, for titling our, our bands here. Apparently. Wow. Or something. Jeez. That's insane. Okay, so so talk to me about the dichotomy of both of your your influences because Veronica with that classical and like world percussion influence. Number one, you and I, girl, I feel like we're cut from the same cloth. So I studied world percussion when I was in college and I like I did all kinds of like Afro-Cuban drumming and Japanese taiko drumming and all of that kinds of stuff. And so I'm a I'm a classically yeah. trained musician. But Chris, I also really identify with like that Delta Blues garage band rock thing that you're pulling through in your sound. So can you can you both talk about like, you know, A, when did you start fusing your music together and what that process looked like? Uh, so we're married. Um, we've been married 17, 18 years now. 17, 17 years. years. Wow. Okay. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to say the wrong number. I'm not good at these things. And uh, um, it wasn't until like there was a peculiar circumstance that added me to play. I actually stopped performing music when I left high school. Um, and because my scholarship was much nicer for science than it was for music, um, science paid for everything. Music did not. Um, so I put away childish things and I focused on the thing that was putting me through college. Um, and it wasn't until Chris's like, you know, I met Chris and the most beautiful things he did was write music just out of thin air. Like that, I fell in love with that because I was so sheet music that if you took the sheet music away, I was just completely blank. Um, I had tried to write music, but I failed at it and then got out of high school and was done. Um, So he had a band and they were making lots of mistakes. Bad decisions. Yeah. And (laughs) I had with booking like we just. We couldn't get booked. It was it was rough. It was real rough. It, it was also like we were a fun, goofy punk rock band in the middle of like metal country and covers Arkansas in yeah. 2003. But they were also making bad decisions, like not understanding when a, when a gig, you can't properly promote it and you can't like, there was just a, a list of things and I had been I'd been employee at bars for years by that point so I just stepped in it was like listen this is how you keep the venue happy this is you know I was friends with radio DJs because they would come out and host events at the bars I'm like okay here's how you talk to the radio DJ so I kind of 
ended up helping until I became a manager. Um, and I did that for, for about a decade. And then the band fell apart as most 13 member punk act rocks do. Oh my gosh. Um, and <laughs> I was, I will never do that job again. Um, it is a thankless job. Uh, yeah, you like being an artist much better. Yeah, no, it's amazing being an artist. People ask me if I'm okay. They bring me water. They ask me what my dietary restrictions are. They they ask me if I'm okay. Nobody asked me that as a manager. I was not okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, they even bring me towels for saxophones. Um, but yeah, so he had, um, so he, we just did, like, we decided to find him a partner. So went to Nashville and we were on the lookout for somebody and and the list of recommendations or the list of things we wanted, we wanted somebody that pulled him in a new direction. Um, we wanted somebody that had like that had a big bold personality so that it would balance out with his like a uh, quirky, cutesy sort of side. And like we had this list of things. We wanted them to be multi-instrumentalists. We wanted them to not be in the same genre that he currently like he works in fully. And I was completely unaware that I was describing myself. Um <laughs> so we looked and we ended up getting tickets to Bonnaroo. We went to Bonnaroo. Um, he brought his acoustic and somebody writing for mtv.com walked by and wanted to interview him based on the music she was hearing. Um, from there, um, I was part of the conversation because I'm a little bit better at talking than he yeah. is. Yeah, um, well, that's a thing. <laughs> so she wrote about this husband and wife duo that she met uh, at Bonnaroo buying for a spot in the indie pop market. Which is a great article, especially MTV.com. We don't have a name for this new project, but we have an interview with MTV. Unfortunately, I was not in the band. So I was trying to find a way to make that look correct. I was like, <laughs> do we need to get a female person and give them a stage name with a V or something? So funny thing. Mm -hmm. we get We get a phone call from somebody who's like, hey, I'm... I'm looking for Veronica Worges and you were the only one that I could find. And she's the only one in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, I really want to, I really want to book this pop act. I read about in this, in this MTV thing for my South by Southwest, you know, unofficial showcase. And she was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it was like, you know, I was like funny thing. And they're like, it's chicks rule night. And I'm like, not funny thing because we went ahead and launched him as a solo but like he needed a, a a girl up on stage for this and i was like when's the show and you're like <laughs> eight weeks and i'm like we'll take it mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like what do you play and you know i played various things but the thing i still had was my favorite instrument which was a barry sax Oh, do you play Barry Sax? And I was like, it's mm -hmm. been upstairs for 20 years <laughs> in the Arkansas heat. So we take the gig. He's elated. And I come into I come into her living room, go upstairs, get the saxophone, bring it down, set it down in front of Chris. I was like, good news and bad news. He's like, first of all, what's that? 
Uh-huh. And I was like, that's a saxophone. And he's like, how many saxophones? How many are in there? It's <laughs> a big thing. I've never seen a berry sax before. I'm like guitars and basses. Yeah. I mean, I played a French horn in junior high, but you know. And so from there, um, I was like, well, the good news is, is you have an unofficial sci-fi. Literally your first year is being solo. And Chris like, oh, that's sweet. He was like, what's the bad news? I was like, I'm playing it with you. And he was like, you play? I was like, yeah, I played in high school. And that he was like, that was a number of years ago. <laughs> Good on you for being very gentle. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure she was okay to do this. She also has a fear of heights. And uh, stage fright. And stage fright. Gotcha. And so let's put her on an eight-foot tall stage at South by for her first performance. So she ended up getting her her sax repadded and and we started writing and kind of like bringing in He doesn't speak sheet music. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so so we have to invent the language between the two of us. That was that was quite important to getting us to to, to like merge these these styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Was like sort of creating a way for us to talk with each other. Yeah. I and can't just go because I play by ear and she does not. <laughs> well, she did not. You you've kind of taken to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's how that started. And really the reason why it's a Barry Sachs is because that's what I still had. Um, I've fallen back in love with playing music. I think it's a single most amazing gift. Um, he could have forgiven me is bringing me back to music um everybody loved it at south by i so i totally um expected him to be like well that was an experiment (laughs) and either i like saxophone let's find me a real musician because you know or because i mean he's been doing this and and insanely talented um and here i am like at fifth grade or sixth grader level at this moment because it takes a while to get your chops back sure and so i expected that or this was an experiment and uh that was cool let's i'm gonna go do something else now um but he was like but he was worried about me and the stage fright and the fear of heights so he didn't want to push me into anything so it was like the most awkward conversation (laughs) two people that have been married for over a decade could possibly have because i was like I, I I had a lot of fun. It was that was really cool. And he's like, Oh yeah, that was cool. He's like, I had fun too. Would you would you maybe want to do it again? See see if you still like it. And I'm like, I, I would like that. I mean, if that's okay. If that's not it's like we were dating again almost. Oh um, yeah. Only with saxophones this time. Yeah. So, and then as, as I got back into music, I started, like, I, I got the limba and I started working back in some percussive stuff and, and then playing keys again, playing keys again. And then, um, the, and then I, I ended up getting a kalimba, which is like my second favorite instrument ever. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, so it just kind of happened and it's kind of like having, you know, those um, breeds of dog 
that you have that are like like golden doodles and stuff that's golden retriever and a poodle bred together so it's kind of like a high fashion mutt of sorts so it's kind of like both of us are high fashion mutts but two different high fashion mutts and you've bred them together so like every every baby comes out looking very different sure from each other that's kind of the result of that happening because we just play the music that comes to us and makes sense and each song's going to have its own voice so and that is really prevalent in all of the music that you have out right now so i was you know taking my morning i was literally just going down through the catalog that's on apple music and i feel like tied down could be you could strip that down and you could make it like a Delta blues song in a heartbeat, but then you add in all of that awesome production and it's, it's just like this incredible eclectic high fashion mutt, just like you said. Right. And, and I, and I love that about your music because there's something completely different and unique about every single song that you have released. Your music does not sound the same from one track to the next. And I think especially in in our music industry right now there's there's almost too much of that where what the you know like bro country for example every single track uh, yeah. sounds the same and and that that's is, a, Oh sorry go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that's a lot of advice in the industry right now. Yeah, the first uh, time that we had got your lane. representation like we had we had like some talks with some representation and uh one of the first guys who wanted to represent me fantastic company the guy had great uh connections he was going to put us into some really great places you me (laughs) me because this was around the time that veronica had actually joined me um and so kind of like during that time we were in talks and and he was like hey you know i like this song my heart um and i think maybe i had tied down out at the time paper cup paper cup so it was my heart and paper cup and he was like, you know, this, you know, hey, write some more songs in this vein. Let's see what we can do for you. I want to pitch you in this pop country kind of thing. Um, and oh Lord, I tried. <laughs> well, and <laughs> but I can't, also, I can't, I can't write that way. That's not how that's not yeah. how it worked. And the, also it was like a I can market, it was like I can market you, but not both of you. Yeah. like he did not see any value to what I brought into it um and that was so that there's a lot of and I think since the pandemic there's been a shift away from that I think we've become more accepting of different bodies and different uh sounds and stuff but there really was a model so I, you know and I I hate it for the artists because a lot of times they'll write a song and they it never gets released it never sees the light of day because they're told to stay in their lane um spotify like a lot of the streaming uh services they really that's part of it because if like it's an algorithm so if you write something over here and you write something over here then it averages those and now it's pitching here and you don't have anything here and here doesn't make any sense but um and unless you get big enough to kind of break the algorithm and then go oh we we need to do this differently and i I guess they put a person on it or something um so there's so many things right now in the industry that really support that 
Um, that like stay in your lane sort of attitude. Yeah, we and, just um, we failed at it so many times that we decided to make it our brand. I, I'm just driving all over the damn highway over here. <laughs> I can't stop. So can't stop. Lines, what are lines? Exactly. Yeah. What are lines? Yeah. And and I I have to commend the both of you for that because you know good for you for not just listening to what an industry executive, you know, was trying to force you into this lane. Like that's number one, that's not authentic to who you are as musicians. And also too, nobody should ever tell you what to do with your sound, right? It's, it's yours. And the, the cool thing is, is and a lot of artists forget this, right? Because you get that, you get that flashy deal that could be everything that you ever wanted to launch your career, right? And nine times out of 10, that deal, that first deal is always going to fall through, right? It takes, yeah. the, you know, anywhere between the fifth to the 10th deal to come along to actually be the one that is going to really support you and your music and your vision. And so just congratulations to the both of you for sticking to whatever lane it is you want to be in. Mm -hmm. It's a, it, it's an interesting world as we have gone along um, and everything's in retrospect, but you know, at the time you're like, Oh my God, we are losing. Like, you're like, I can't believe this person's giving us our time. And if we don't do what they say, then, you know, uh, and it's, but, you kind of feel yeah. like that. You feel like that, yeah. yeah. And then you get like, and then we've gotten to the point now that, that we're building our team members one kind of one group at a time that we're adding in. And we found that this trend, um, this, I mean, people like Grimy at the Basement, people like Chris King here in Little Rock, um, uh, our, our, different offices we now work with at BMI um, like everybody on board they just absolutely love our brand they love our our dichotomy of sound like these people exist out there and they're passionate about bringing things new to the market and that's really where we're sitting um, but it is harder to be the new thing than it is to be something that's just the next such and such Sure. Um, because it's a lot harder to pitch. Um, it's a lot harder to get off the ground, but you gotta find those people that see that the value in what mm -hmm. you do and hold Absolutely. out for those people that see value in what you do. Yeah.
right there. Okay, so for all of our listeners, so we have we have musicians that listen to this podcast, and we also have just you know avid music enthusiasts. But that right there, hold out for the people that find value in what you do. That is the same thing for finding a fan base, because there is a fan base out mm-hmm. there for anybody. You just have to find them. You just have to find your niche market, and that is what you guys have done. And now and now look at what's happening. You're getting sync deals for your music. Mhm. We've uh, we've been picked up um for and this happened very recently. Um we've been uh, picked up for representation um through um I'm going to say the little one first because I always say the big one first. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> so Artex Sync which is this little um it's like a boutique sync, yeah. sync operation. Uh, and but they're really like passionate. They're always like they're like, hey, we got this thing coming up. Do you want to send us something for us to pitch to Euphoria? We're like, uh, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, it's a, it, it, it's this Australian uh, this Australian guy and um, a couple other people. I mean, it's real small. But what really stood out to me is um, we we took our understanding into the market very seriously um, because um, one of the people I really trusted for advice told us that our audience didn't know they were looking for us yet. Um, and that that's a really, it's a really tough place to be. But he's like, there's a lot of intention because you're not or there's a lot of potential because you're not chasing something that is happening now or has already happened. He was like, you're, you're on the crest of the thing coming in. Um, and he said, you know, that, and his advice was don't worry about Spotify. Spotify will figure it out when they figure it out. But he was like, do, and I don't mean to be hating on Spotify directly. It's oh, most just, of the streaming ones. Um, they just, yeah, they don't know where to put us. Yeah. Um, but he was like, focus your energy where it's best used. And he was, he was like, people are going to find you um, in one of two places, at music festivals, or they're going to find you at um, on TV and film. He said, and I would put all my effort in those two places, uh, which is what we've been doing. Um, it's kind of what we wanted to do anyway. Yeah. So we started... It, it, I think if we couldn't write in one genre, the idea of writing for sync with using their buzz boards would also never work. Um, but we did attend some uh, conferences and some education stuff about um, how to tag things properly, how to have all of our information buttoned up so it's, we're easy to work with. So if they find a song that they love, it's like, oh, that it was really easy to they had all the data correct. It's easy for them to find our music because we've put all the, like we, we're in the format that they like. Um, so the first yeah. time we played at the basement, we ended up um, getting in contact with our tech sync and they were like, yeah, we'd like to sing yeah. a couple of your songs. They were there scouting. And they were, yeah. they were, they were really lovely people and, mm-hmm. uh, and they had the right deal, you know, yeah. we read through everything. It's great. Uh, so we decided to sync a couple of songs with them. Um, and then, we're at the Music Supervisors Guild conference in LA, and lo and behold, we run into uh, our, our the owner of our tech sync out there, and we end up like going traipsing around Hollywood Boulevard mm-hmm. for a night with him. Uh, and we just every time we go to something, yeah. I see him there, and what that has told me is I don't have to be in that space anymore. 
because I have representation in that space doing their job. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why I've fallen in love with, with working with them. Um, and then we also have some of our catalog going into APM, which is a division of Universal Music Group. Nice. It's their big, big dog nice. music licensing house. So we literally have one of the biggest and one of the smallest. Uh, <laughs> uh, APM recently started a record label underneath uh just under apm mm-hmm. so it's not like a traditional record label yeah where it's, it's like, like 360 services deal. but it's 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 all uh sync oriented mm-hmm. uh but they they're called kinetic and they signed us last year and we finally mm-hmm. signed paperwork with them in uh december yeah and uh they're representing four songs right now the four that we're releasing uh, we were like, hey, I guess we need to put this out. So when we start, when deals start going through, people can find the music that they're listening to on the the, um, the show. But um, it's, they've been really great too. Um, but, you know, we own all the, all the other side of our music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important as an artist to understand, like I understand enough about sync that I understand the contracts. Um, I understand um, what's fair and what's not fair. And we know enough about it, then you can feel comfortable putting it in somebody's hands because you can always come back and look over that work. Education. Yeah. So important. Yeah. 100%. Well, and that's, you know, that's something I'd like to ask you about. So like, can you give us just, you don't have to talk about your specific deal, but maybe talk about a couple of points where if a musician is looking into you know syncing with someone who's representing then what does a fair deal look like first of all not paying up front all right you should never pay to submit music it's like you should never pay for them to carry your music like they get a percentage so it's like commission sales that way you know they're invested in your success rather than just invested in having you in their catalog because you know we you really want them chasing after deals and placements not chasing after more artists to sign up for their program that generates x amount of dollars per artist that's in that program um also um you want somebody to be discerning on what they take from your library um, if they're like, yeah, I'll take anything you give me, that's that's not a good situation because you want them to listen to it, know, know that they have work, at least in the past, that is requested in that area or they have a deficit in their catalog that they need to fill with that so they have something that's a go-to. Um, so that's important because at that point, like, once again, you're signing this this deal and um, here's something controversial. If I treat both my, um, my contracts that are exclusive and non-exclusive the same, and the reason why is I only want one person out there representing that song, um, because at that point, I have heard uh, music supervisors say in these conferences, and if you don't go to these conferences, you don't hear this, um, that if they get the same song from like five different music supervisors, even if they like the song, they're like, you know, there's other songs I also like. 
and I'm not going to have to figure out which one of my friends I pay for this. Oh, so they'll just skip right over that song and go to another one because they don't, they don't want to arbitrarily try to figure out who sent it to them first or who they like better to give credit to for it. Um, So So even if it's an non-exclusive deal, keep, keep your songs with that one, that one agency, you know, separate from your other agencies, if you have multiples. And it is, it is a long game. So, um, you're going to have your music with these people for a minimum of two years. It takes a while for the, because the song has to come from you to them. Generally, there's some adjustments that they make. Um, they have to cut it up into different sections so that they can send like, um, different versions of like a stinger and a, and a narrative version and and uh in a acapella version and things like that they'll want to put that all together or have you put it together yeah depending on who you're working with so after they have that together and they have that sitting in their library then they go through and read briefs and they see calls for music they think your stuff fits and then they send that over so there's a window of time for them to create those singers and stuff and then there's also a window of time before they find a place for your music to go, that's a call. Then the music supervisor's got to pitch. Oh, eventually listening to it. And sometimes opportunity passed, but they'll hold on to it for something else. It may be a couple of years down the line before they actually find the right place to put that song. Um, and then everything happens really fast after they find the right place to put it. Um, but it is a long game and calling your sync representative, a sync, like sync agent every two weeks or month or three months and be like, Hey, how's it going? It's like, Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be a slow process. Just trust you have that set up. If you don't get anything within a certain time period, then consider moving it to another agent, um, another person to represent you. But, you know, it's it's a long game. It's almost a set it and forget it sort of thing and right. work on your new stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Always, always be working on new stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, and it's it's important to keep adding adding to the catalog and growing the catalog so that, you know, there's mm-hmm. there's more for those uh, representatives to pull from. So, um, you know, quite a few of the artists that we've had on Paradox Jukebox have gotten some sync deals. And I think it's really important that you're talking about, you know, continuing to like put your music out there, but set it and forget it. Let the agencies do their job, let them represent you as you still consider, or, or as you still focus on being an artist and pushing out more material. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, and and yeah. speaking of new material, you're about to release an EP. We mm-hmm. are. Uh, so those four songs that we signed to Kinetic uh, back in in December, we're looking we're releasing those uh, June 23rd mm-hmm. as our EP titled "Heavy." It's actually our first um, collection of work. All of our songs before this was released in a waterfall. Um, like release pattern all them singles yeah and some of those are going to be rearranged one of those songs is actually in the heavy ep um 
but it looks like we're going to be sitting at around 30 or so re- like songs total released this year i think all right yeah we've been busy we've been very busy that i'm really awesome. excited to see heavy drop i've had i've had a bunch of my friends asking you know like when is this coming out like I, I told you, it's June twenty third. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay. In their defense, for a long time, um, we weren't planning on releasing those songs because we had told ourselves that there may have been a little bit of merit to the staying your in your lane thing, and these songs were on the outskirts of what we created. Um, and when you're creating music, a lot of times, if there's something that has to be wrote it's demanding your attention you're trying to finish the song that you started like two months ago because you you think that it just needs a little something but like right here (laughs) is the song that wants to be written yep and you just have to write no you get that done i'm sorry (laughs) oops lower hand i didn't realize the ai overlords um (laughs) but when you you have to go around that Uh, or you can't go around it you have to get through it so you end up writing that song and then you're like well that's interesting we wrote that it fits absolutely nothing else we have don't even know where it fits in a set list and then now it's through and you can move on to the next song um and um when we were talking so when we were talking to apm um the guy that we had met there i met him randomly through a facebook group and um he was, we were talking about music and I was like, hey, we agree on some stuff. So we visit back and forth and he's like, well, what do you want to do in music? And I told him and he was like, oh, cool. He's like, uh, can you send me some of your, some of your stuff? And he's like, I, I do some TV and film stuff. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, really humble, nice guy, especially like I, after I realized who he was. Honey, that means he has. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I did the thing you're not supposed to do twice don't do this yeah don't do this please don't do this i don't know how it worked so i sent him a link that had like 12 songs on it so send me some of your stuff in sync means one to three songs three maximum if you are really like out there and have different genres so 12 songs because i didn't know any better Sure. And uh, then he joking around says, "Oh, I didn't realize the list would be so uh, so short. Um, I should have asked for your entire catalog." <laughs> he received a Dropbox with eighty songs in it. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> because I am German. And I don't get subtlety sometimes. <laughs> I just thought that's what he wanted. And he was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> so he, he said he clicked on a song. He's like, oh, this is good. And then he clicked on another song. He's like, this is good, but different. And he's like, he's like, and he told me, I think he messaged me back in like a week. And he's like, I have made it through all of these songs. <laughs> And I was like, cool, what'd you think? And he was like, first of all, I'll never do this. <laughs> Second, I think I want half of them. Nice. Never do this, but. 
I'll take half of them. Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> Sometimes you can do everything wrong and it still work out. So, and it still yeah. works so, out. Yeah. You know, in general, most of our releases have been like, you know, like we say, like, you know, uh, you know, rock music, Delta blues music, you know, mixed with like, you know, some like Beck style funk and like, you know, like break beats and sort of, sort of, you know, this like poppy sort of thing we do. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, cool. So for this first deal, we're like, we want to sign your electronica songs. And I was like, the, the industrial stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's what we want. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what happened? So I'm like, fine. Well, you and, know? Yeah. That sounds great to me. That sounds like, I think you, if you mm -hmm. feel like you guys can sell them yeah. and this is what you want for the catalog, I think that sounds great. Yeah. So then we were, we were playing some festivals and uh, we had a couple of times in which the band that was playing after us was going to be running an hour late. And they're like, hey, so for some more money, will you guys keep, keep doing the thing? Just play for another hour? We're like, okay. So, <laughs> so you start know, wishing out those 80 songs. You know, we started going into those deep cuts, and those four songs were were finished. And they it was like, oh well, this is a deep cut one. So, and what to our surprise, the audience liked them as well as we did. Okay. Um, and they started requesting the songs. Heavy what became one of the most requested songs that um, we that that we would do at festivals. I love and, singing. I, a lot of people like to compliment my voice. I've got you know little guy, big voice kind of thing going on um but and so it was like i was like oh yeah why would we why would we want to put in those like an instrumental an instrumental yeah. and then people are like i love the instrumental and it's uh, and i don't and it's not that we don't love your voice chris and i'm like oh no, no it's cool i love the instrumental too we just didn't think y'all would i get to play guitar and keyboard for a minute mm -hmm. that's awesome so yeah well so we're like you know what we're gonna release it yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna let these songs go and do their thing. Let mm -hmm. them live. Let them live. <laughs> so I mean, think about it like this, right? So, I mean, so Elton John is a big, uh, uh, you know, influence for me. His his instrumental "Funeral for a Friend." Elton John oh, fans yeah. know that song. Monster Boy Lives fans know that song they know your instrumental because it's yours and it's it's something completely different than you know anything else that they have experienced and i've learned that like you know it's it's typically the songs that you don't think are going to do well that always do well oh, yeah. yeah you don't have control over your audience you only have control over what you put out That's yeah it. and then after it leaves your hands it really belongs to the fan to that point it, yeah um that was something i learned early on and um when we had the other the other act um is that i had to tell my band members to stop correcting fans when they were saying what the song is about because that's what the song is about to them yeah that's how it connects to them and that 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 has value and, and you know let them have that absolutely so absolutely. That's how art is, is after it leaves a per like it's our therapy while we're creating it. And then after it goes into the world, it's their therapy. Yes, that. 
Thank you. That is that is brilliantly put. That needs to that needs to be like on a freaking billboard or something. Um, one hundred percent. You know, after after the music is actually put out into the world, I think it's a br a beautiful thing when maybe you you had something specific in mind for your song, but then it goes out and then a fan comes back with, "Hey, this is what that song meant to me," and, and it probably has nothing to do with why you wrote it. But this is what they gleaned from it. This is this is something that just like either set a fire in them or it brought them peace, you know. And that's the beautiful thing about music is that it can it can invoke any kind of emotion for any reason, and they can be completely different reasons. The person that's standing next to you is going to take something different from that song than you are. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why we do this. This is why we do what we do. So. Mm -hmm. It's well, uh yeah, I mean music is when um I I was actually sick when Monster Boy Lives like started. And then Chris, I got better, like I we figured out it was like a adrenal thing. Rare adrenal issue. Right. And then um turned around after I got treatment, Chris started getting sick. And, and uh during the pandemic, but not from COVID, we only we only finally caught that last year. Um wow. I lost my voice for six months after we had done uh, some live streams. And, and I mean, you know, I went from being a songbird to whispering every day for oh six gosh. months. And um, nobody, it wasn't that I wasn't throwing money at doctors. We, we looked for everything and really just like the, the music we were able to work on here and there like that, you know, that was our therapy that's that's how we held on through all that um and you know i think there's there especially these songs we're going to be releasing and stuff and the one i think there was a little bit of that um like me being sick and the the lyrics of the stuff already out and him being sick is going to be more represented in the stuff we're going to be releasing this year and then being him being better sick. yeah not sick that's my favorite part yeah. Yes. yeah, I was. So yes. that's where the stuff that's being written now is. So they fixed my yeah. rare adrenal issue. <laughs> and what are the odds that we would both have rare adrenal issues? It was the same doctor that diagnosed us and saved our lives. Wow, he's on my 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 Christmas list. <laughs> yeah, we we got some songs we're sending to him too because he just loves music. So yeah, thank goodness he saved both of our lives. Well, that's, that's incredible. And I mean, congratulations. And you just, I mean, for, for what it sounds like the two of you have been through with both of your, you know, your rare adrenal issues. I mean, you know, being able to come back to music and use it as, as part of your healing process is, is a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm just, I'm so very glad that the both of you are recovered and you're, and you're putting out amazing music and, and we get to listen to it here in, you know, the next couple of weeks so i'm just i'm very excited for the both of you it sounds like you have a lot of really amazing things happening at this time and it's it's just really nice to see that with with musicians that are not the industry standard i love that you know so yeah and it's i and there really are some people out there that i mean some powerful people that want to bring new stuff up um um, you know, we met one of those at the basement one, one of the times we played out there. 
and uh, he's really taken us under his wing, but he, he's pitching us to festivals because he thinks that's where we're going to be able to start making our mark. Sure. Um, so, yeah, but it's, uh, there are many ways to get to Rome. Um, just the, the person you're talking may only know one road. So you may need to find other people. Absolutely. Beautifully so, said. Yeah. Well, uh, Veronica, Chris, thank you so, so very much for coming on to the show today, talking about your music, talking about sync, and also just, you know, showing all of the other musicians that are listening to this podcast that there is indeed one way or, or more than one way to get to Rome and whatever way that is for you is perfectly fine. You don't have to, you don't have to adhere to industry standards to be fantastic musicians, releasing amazing music and, you know, and entertaining a fan base that is just, just pure and genuine and authentic and uh, so, again, I, I can't thank you both enough for sharing your perspective today. It's been really, really, really inspiring. Yeah, thank you so much for having us, Katie. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, for all of you that are listening, please make sure that you check out Heavy. It will be out this Friday, but you will get little snippets of that EP throughout this episode. So again, Monster Boy Lives. Thank you so much for being on the show. And everybody, go download Heavy. I, it's on my list. I'm going to make sure that I pre-save so, so that I can get this music. So thank you both so very much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Monster Boy Lives, Chris, Veronica. It was an absolute pleasure to get to sit down with you and talk about your really amazing music. So make sure that you check out links in the show notes. Monster Boy Lives. Go grab their next single and be looking out for new music that is coming your way. And also, if you're in the Nashville area, make sure you drop by and catch a show of theirs. And if you would please like, subscribe, and share this podcast, the more that you share it with your friends, the more our listenership grows and the more we can keep doing what we are doing here at Music on the Move Studios. So thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Katie. If you want to reach out, you can find me at info at musiconthemovestudios.com.